Hello and welcome to the Legendary Leaders Podcast, where we chat all things leadership and personal development related, absolutely authentically and unscripted. On this podcast, my guests and I are going to introduce you to ideas and concepts that show how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage and motivate you on your journey to becoming a legendary leader yourself with more impact, influence and inspiration. So, are you ready for it? Welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm the host of this show. Another uh, episode, another fantastic guest. I'm really excited about today's guest. Her name is Susan Crawford. And uh, I don't always say that, but I think we met, we clicked right away. We had a great time throughout all of our chats. And uh, she is uh, does something very similar to me. She works with women in organizations, outside of organizations, to really connect with their inner leaders, to build more confidence, more ease, and to really thrive in their lives, right? Not just letting it pass by. Her back background is actually in government, learning and development role there, where she felt at some point, you know, something is off. I'm not quite myself here. I don't really feel it. Something has to change. Before she made the change, but already knew it was coming, she had two beautiful children and went through a roller coaster of motherhood as well. Let's not forget that this is a big, big change in our lives. Whilst it is beautiful, it puts on an additional challenge. It impacts the relationships we have with ourselves and with others. And it's not always easy to go through. But what she has done is she really, she was really diving into this challenge. What was going on for me here? Why am I not feeling really fully energized, enthusiastic, and was really connecting with herself, which helped her make some really important choices going forward, one of them being to found her own business and to help other women thrive in their lives, as I'd said. She is the founder of an organization that's called Meraki Inspired. What a beautiful name, isn't it? And there she operates as a coach, she's a speaker, and she is an unconventional woman at its core, which I just love that she advertises herself as such. And she really helps other women to be unconventional as well, to try new paths, to really live themselves as they are and really get in touch with their best part of their personality and and stand up for the women they, they really are. So I think it's just brilliant. She's a real trailblazer, a change maker and a strategic risk taker as well. She has developed a program that's called Free to Be Me, which is just wonderful. It's about your authenticity and what I just said, really get in touch with yourself and not overthink who you are, how you are, and just live it confidently. The best part of her business still for me is her Champagne Tuesday. When I read about it, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting, right? Champagne on a Tuesday? I'm in. It is slightly more than that, but I leave it up to her to explain it in today's show. Now, what's really great is that she's a certified emotional intelligence assessor. So all the work she's doing is really about diving into our own emotional intelligence and demonstrating that towards the people around us as well. It's such an important piece to understand, to to learn and to deal with more. I think emotional intelligence is one of the top, top skills and traits we can have in leadership as to whether we are in organizations or outside of organizations. It's so, so important. And you can see around us, in particular in the political environment, that some have it and some clearly don't. And think about the impact, the lack of it, 
has on the communities around them. It's absolutely vital. So let's talk to Susan about her path that got her where she is right now, the work she's doing with the women she's working with, how she creates those unconventional um, selves, and how she really manages to help them build up more confidence, um, more risk-taking, and so much more joy in their lives. And once you have listened to the show, please do leave us a review. You know how important it is for podcasters to really understand what you think of the show, what you want to hear more or less of, and what we can do for you to really support you going forward. So really, really, really do me this favor. Log on to iTunes and leave a review for us. I would be so grateful. Enjoy this episode. And I speak to you in a moment. So hello and welcome, Susan. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here, Kathleen. This is awesome. Yeah, this is very, very awesome. Uh, so, so curious about your story and sharing with the audience a little bit about what brought you here and all the leaders and fantastic women out there you are helping. But to, to be honest, I was most excited about speaking again to you because we have so many similarities. You have quite a, a similar background as well, similar motivations, why we are where we are. And it was so easy to connect with you and I have no doubt that the audience will do exactly the same today as well. Oh, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No doubt here. First of all, do let me know, have you been over the last few weeks and months well, I think collectively with the rest of the world, it's been, uh, it's kind of been a roller coaster, right? Of emotions, of what's happening in the world. I think it's natural to feel and be with everything that is here and also step out of that chaos and find our inner peace where we can just be in the center of that storm and really pick out what's important for us mm -hmm. and not get caught up in the things that, you know, there are a lot of things we don't have control over right now. So it's, uh, it's making intentional choices of, stepping away and focusing in on what's here and what's important and contributing wherever we can in meaningful ways. Yeah. I love that you say be in the center of the storm, which is often the calmest part, right? Exactly. Of the storm. Yeah. So many other people would say, let's run away from the storm. Oh my God. <laughs> and it this seems to be a big storm. <laughs> it is on so many different levels, right? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I feel like energy for me at least is so much better spent just getting into the center of it and finding my grounding than it is to be running away. It, running away, it's, I can't maintain that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's sustainable for, for all of us who are trying to run this storm. Yeah. I think we just have to find that, that piece of calm, that place of calm where we can just get really specific and intentional on what we want. Yeah. By running away, we may fear that it catches up with us or we, we will have those fears for a very, very long time. What's going to happen by staying in there, finding the center as you just said so lovely. We can actually really explore what's going on here for us. How can mm -hmm. we sit with those emotions? But then what can we do with those and how can we tackle those new opportunities that may lie ahead of us? Exactly. And, and I think the, the difference between running is that your adrenaline is going so high and so fast and so hard that you can't even gather your thoughts long enough to figure out what's next or what do I do because you're, you're in reaction, you're in yeah. fight flight, and we can't be creative and resourceful in this space like that. Exactly. And let's talk about that a little bit more because that is a part of the work you are doing in your own business, right? Mm, um, right. 
but something motivated you to actually start this business. <laughs> yes. So tell us about your own story. What got you to your 2020 version? Oh, well, it wasn't a straight path. Let me put it that way. It was, <laughs> it was a winding road with, uh, with a couple of hiccups along the way, but I got here. And I think probably some of the biggest learnings that I've gotten, you know, having a background in social work, I worked for the government for eight years. And, you know, in that time, had some babies, went through that whole identity crisis of who am I now, that I have this title of mom, mm. and that I didn't expect would break me the way it did. And I think the, the shift in identity that took place there, I wasn't ready for. And it took a long time for me to really hold on to this new version of myself that I was becoming because I was trying so desperately to find the woman that was lost yeah. <laughs> before, you know, having the roles and responsibilities that come with motherhood. And, you know, as I was going through that process, it turns out I was in a job that really was killing me softly, like just sucking the soul you know, right out of me. And I think what got me here is making a choice to say, this isn't what I want. I'm not happy. I don't like the person who I've become. I'm definitely not the best mom, wife, woman that I can be, and I need to be in control of that. So I took the leap. I took a, very, a calculated leap, I have to say, and, uh, and quit that job three years ago to start my own business. Yay. Yeah. Congratulations. And three years. Thank, wow. <laughs> thank you. And you know, the smile that you're hearing <laughs> right now, that is the smile of freedom. That is, that is having unlocked my own handcuffs, like the pension, the benefits and the paycheck that keeps so many of us trapped in places where we are not happy, where yeah. we don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. And it's, it's so important to be aware and to be able to dive deep into what's going on for me right now. Let it be in this new role of motherhood or let it be in a job that may feel unfulfilling, which so many other people are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So coming back to those challenges, in particular, this first crisis that you described, being yes. a mother, right? Mm -hmm. What did you notice? What did you feel in that moment that actually raised the awareness of, okay, something isn't quite in sync <laughs> oh there were a lot of things that weren't in sync and you know i feel i need to say that acknowledging those difficult times and those challenges has nothing to say on how i feel about being a mom mm -hmm. i am so grateful every day but those challenges were real and nobody talks about how when a woman is handed a baby her life as she knows it the freedom, the, the, the sleep, the, the choices that she can make are no longer hers for this child, which is great, but it's also a grieving process. Like there was a lot of grief that I hadn't understood was even part of that experience because I needed to let go of that old version of me mm -hmm. to step into this new version. And this new version taxed me. I mean, what happens when we don't sleep? night after night after night after year after year what that does to your emotions what that does to your psychological well-being i mean all of these things are pressures that we don't talk about because what we're expected to do is say motherhood is wonderful motherhood is fulfilling yeah. it's also really challenging and so i think the first challenge or that first awakening for me was asking myself who am i now mm -hmm. I'm not working. Thankfully, we have a year off in Canada for maternity leave, parental leave, as we call Great, it. So we're yeah. very lucky. 
in that fortune, however, we get a lot of time to sit with our thoughts, to sit with our wondering and our curiosity of what does this mean for me now? I've stepped away from my professional self. I've stepped away from my job. That part of me stops. And this new part of me as mother takes over. And so those pieces that, you know, whether it be in your relationship or your partnership, your independence, uh, your identity as a professional woman, all of those things are just instantly thrown out of whack. And you're there trying to pick up the pieces, well, care for this little baby. And um, when you don't have the understanding or support or acknowledgement that these are all part of the process, it's really hard to really be with those pieces and know that you are whole. Even though you feel fragmented, you are still whole and you are becoming, it's a beautiful evolutionary process, mm. but it can be really difficult. It sounds like a real roller coaster um, that you have experienced there. And what I hear from a lot of new mothers in particular, I mean, not long to go for me now, yeah. but um, I haven't had the experience yet. I'm just a bit nervous about experiencing it, right? But what I hear from others is that actually the time they spend in this first year with a newborn and diving into this new identity and so on can actually trigger this almost deepened awareness towards your professional life as well. Yes. Uh, how has it been for you? Was there a connection that you experienced? Absolutely. Well, it's funny because I was in that corporate government job mm -hmm. while I went on my first maternity leave. And I, it's, oh, it was almost like a year of freedom, a year of not having to commute to work, to sit in a cubicle, to have deadlines and paperwork and someone to report to. It was this strange freedom to just be with an infant, with a child mm -hmm. and watch them grow and develop and nurture that. And then when I went back to work, it was like, oh, <laughs> wait a second. I'm not sure I'm really fond of this. <laughs> like all of a sudden, those, those handcuffs came back mm. and it was, now I'm rushing. Now there's childcare that I have to be to and from. I have to be on time for work. I have to be alert, but I haven't slept more than three and a half hours because my, my child didn't sleep through the night. Mm. And so all of those different things are happening simultaneously. And what that year away actually gave me was this beautiful perspective of, am I living my life in accordance to what is important to me? Is this where I want to be? in December, 2044, which was my retirement date, <laughs> is this where I want to be from now until that time? And unfortunately the answer was like, no, but I felt stuck. Like so many of us do, right? We have bills yeah. to pay, a mortgage, responsibilities. And so that feeling of stuck was, uh, was probably the start of the next awakening for me. That just made me feel really kind of shorter of my breath when you, when you mentioned the year 2044. And I was like, oh my God, even you know, thinking about that and combining that with retirement and having that as a, as a focus right. point yeah. freaks me out. Right. Well, it, it freaked me out because there's a lot of time to live between now and 2044. Yes. But if I'm only looking at the end goal, I'm missing all of this stuff in between. And again, for me, I was not content with just striving for the end goal. Like there's a lot of life in there yeah. that I wanted to experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you, you went from one transition <laughs> moment of big change to the yeah. other. What kind of support mechanisms did you have around you? Who helped you? What helped you? Because not everyone in all fairness yeah. will be able absolutely. to step into their own power and to say, look, what's really going on for me here right now? Let's yeah. be a bit more self-aware. Let's mm -hmm. see what I can do. Yeah, right? and let's not be fooled. It took me a while to get there. It took another baby. <laughs> I had another child in that time in that same role. And what was fascinating is that in that time, I was transitioned into another department right before I went on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And so when I went on maternity leave, it was when you're going to come back, it's going to be a whole new department, a whole new role, new people, but have a good year. And so that whole year, I was like, well, I have no idea what I'm even coming back to. Yeah. What I came back to was minus the people and the work that I did was hell on earth. It was the most miserable time in that organization that I had spent. And I was there for another two years after that. Morally, with my values not being honored, compromising myself day after day for a paycheck. Yeah to do the work that I wasn't in my soul inspired to do. What helped me in that transition, I have a very supportive husband. So as much as he questioned, okay, is it really that bad? Is it really that, like I used to call it Azkaban, like from Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. Like they would suck the joy from you. He said, what, is it really that bad? And I said, unless you've been in somewhere similar, I can't articulate how bad it is but I can tell you from a soul level, it's breaking me. Mm. So his support, as well as the support of a wonderful manager I had in that environment that said, listen, you don't belong here. So she recognized that and said, you need to equip yourself with the tools to find your way out. Yeah. So you start creating your plan to make your exit strategy. And that was the permission I needed to say, I don't need to be stuck here. I can choose another path, even though it's the path that not many people choose, right? It's not a path that is the conventional way. It is not the path that my parents would have chosen for me, right? Because when you get the government job, you've made it. You've got the golden ticket. You're set for life. But if you're miserable inside, I don't know if you're set for life or sentenced for life. And that's something really important. I want to highlight the message to the audience again as well. You are the best judge of your emotions, if you're consistently feeling off, so not just having a bad day, I'm talking about you're consistently feeling almost miserable, basically, yes. then yes. something isn't in sync, something isn't right. And that's the moment when you either need to have quite, quite challenging conversations with yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or with other people to say, what is it that's, that's really going on for me here right now? And to really explore that. Yeah. Because time is simply too short to remain mm -hmm. stuck and to remain miserable. Life has far too much to offer. Yes. And I know that's easier said than done. Yeah. But here with you, we have an example, you know, of someone who had a very secure job. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet you said, no, that's, that's it for me. Yeah. Well, and I can give you some examples of how you know. So emotionally, you can tell. I like to call it your energy budget. If you're spending more of your energy budget in the seven hours of your job than you are with your loved ones at home, then that's not fair. For me, that's what I was doing. I was depleted by the time I got home to my family and my kids. That wasn't fair. 
your body speaks to you in so many ways. Insomnia, not wanting to get out of bed, headaches, migraines. I used to clench my teeth so hard at night in my sleep that I would break my molars because of the unconscious stress that that job was putting on me. So paying attention to what your body is communicating is so, so important. Don't ignore the signs. Don't ignore them. Yeah. And, and really pay attention to what are your signs. Mm. But the, the teeth crunching. I used to bite my nails like crazy. And right. my other half kept saying to me, what are you doing to your hands? This is crazy. And I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are different other people just eat really unhealthy. Yes. Yes. And so on and so forth, or drink far more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really important that you pay attention to that. I, yeah. I love that you that you highlighted. You know, I spent all of this energy at work, and then actually my loved ones, there's yeah. nothing left for them. Yeah, and I mean, happy face every day. I would go into the office, and I would be the ray of sunshine because that's who I am. Like I want people to feel good in my presence. But what I didn't realize at the time is that all of that spending of my energy was taking away from giving it to the people in my life who really mattered. And at the end of the day, leaving that job was as much for me as it was for them. Yeah. What have you been doing since? That's a very (laughs) exciting part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny what happens when you clear the path for yourself to, to create something that is meaningful for you. So I started my own business, Meraki Inspired. And really every part of my business speaks to my essence. It, Meraki is a Greek word. It means the passion, creativity, and love put into something. And it's the essence of yourself that you put into everything that you do. So right there, I mean, choosing that as the name for me was in full alignment with what I wanted, what I wanted to put out in the world. It's like having a good meal and saying, oh my gosh, you can taste the love right? It's like a warm (laughs) hug. And I was like, that is, that is perfection for me because that is my life purpose. That is what I want to do in this world. And how did you know that that was it? Ah, that that it was, that that was my purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, I've always been a helper. So I think uh, from a young age, I've always been a helper. I think I went into social work naturally because of that desire. I did adult education as well because I love to give people information. When I was introduced to coaching, that was where my life transformed. It was permission to create a new path. It was acknowledging that I am deserving of what I want, even if the people around me or the situation around me doesn't allow for it. It's my birthright to take what is mine and I am here for it. Right. (laughs) Like we are all waiting for permission, but the permission is from you. Like if it, if it is yours, go get it. And that's when I fell into these roles, when I met people along my path, it was just an affirmation after affirmation that this is, this is where I'm meant to be. I'm getting goosebumps here. I'm completely (laughs) energized. I'm so full of passion with you. Thank you. Because it's so important that we, in particular as women, learn how to give ourselves permission for whatever we want to do and, you know, simply go for it without those fears and negative self talks and Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs, all of this kind of stuff that's holding us back. 
Yeah. And that's not to say that all isn't there. Definitely. When you are carving your way, that is all the self-doubt, the negative self-talk. It's how, what do you do with it? Do you let it lead you? Do you let it drive you? Or do you say, hold on a second, there's something here in me that needs to be expressed, that needs to come out. And that's what I'm going to feed. You know, um, an example, a great mantra that someone gave me was, do you want to be remembered as the woman who doubted or the woman who dared? Mm -hmm. And that was it for me. When doubt creeps in, that is what I say over and over and over to myself. And then it becomes second nature, right? Exactly. You start believing it. You are the daring woman. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That leads us so, so nicely to something I've read about you a few times now, and that is you are unconventional to the core. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about it. How are you unconventional to the core? How does that show? How do you offer that to your audience as well? Well, I think in every which way I try to be unconventional to my core. And for me, what that means is there has been a path that women have been expected to take. There have been checkboxes that we've been expected to mark off, you know, finish school, get a job, get married, have kids, get the good job, get a house, you know, check, 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 check. All of a sudden there is this awakening. And I don't know if it happened for me. It was like in my almost forties, I'm 40 now. It, it happened that I woke up and said, wait a second, these things aren't what I define as success. These things do not define happiness for me. Yeah. These things are not what make me feel fulfilled. And so that moment of shifting and saying, well, what else could it be? I was willing to walk away from a paycheck. So money is not my driving force. I was willing to carve my way in a way that works for me. I don't overschedule my kids because for me, simplicity is a value. I love freedom. So I'm not going to overcommit to things or say yes to things that don't speak to me. That is all unconventional because the way a lot of women are brought up is to be people pleasers, Mm -hmm. to be provers, right? Prove your worth, prove your value, and to try to gain acceptance and love and validation from outside of themselves. Get the good grades, get the partner, get the love, get the validation, get the approval. And that's supposed to fill you up, but we haven't learned how to fill ourselves up. And so part of being unconventional for me is knowing that I am worthy and deserving of being filled up by myself. It's my job. Yes. Nobody else's job because I know what makes me happy. Yeah. And it comes back again to being aware Yes. when you need filling up, how you mm-hmm. do that on a consistent basis to keep the level on a a certain, I don't know, certain level that you require all of these things. It's important to be in tune with yourself. Yeah. When we stop living our lives for other people and other people's happiness Mm -hmm. and actually start focusing on, well, you know what? I deserve to be happy. So what makes me happy? Yeah. And when I'm happy, I can give more. When I'm depleted and keep giving, I get resentful. I get angry, right? If I am full, I can give. And so there's this idea of shifting from it's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's the most radical act of responsible self-care that you can do. 
compassion is radical when it's for yourself. Yeah. And that breaks the mold of all of our mother's thinking, our grandmother's thinking, society's programming. This is an epic rewiring of how we understand this identity of womanhood, I think. Yes. It actually, it actually makes me smile a little bit because I had a conversation, a telephone call yesterday with my grandmother, mm-hmm. late 80s, right? And not too well at the moment, unfortunately. But the one thing she could still tell me was that I'm far too old to be a first time mom. <laughs> and I haven't gotten to the forties yet, right? So it's just, which is, and it's it's definitely not necessarily unusual anymore in our society. Mm-hmm. Anyway, years and years ago, when I was very frustrated with myself, I would have literally, maybe not exploded, but I would have definitely snapped back. Yeah. Yesterday, I just felt so calm about, it and I had a giggle afterwards with uh, my fiance, and who was just like. You know, it is what it is. And uh, it's, it's not worth it now starting a discussion about it. And that came back to how am I feeling? Am I happy where I am? Do I feel this level of content? Mm-hmm. And therefore, what am I going to spend my energy on? What kind of energy do I want to build up in my body? Mm-hmm. What do I want to feed my body with? It comes back again to this being healthily selfish yes. and to focus on what's good for you. Yes. Yes. And that is where our power lies. That is where our, our core is, is that, that selfishness that, but it's not selfish. It is actually just giving yourself the compassion you would give to your best friend. Mm. The compassion that we so honestly and easily flow with for others, it's allowing it to flow into ourselves. Yes. So you have a whole tribe around you of women who you are helping to be Less apologetic. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what are all the other things you're doing with them? How are you helping your tribe? Yeah, well, I don't know if I can swear, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it in moderation. <laughs> okay, well, it's unapologetic, unconventional, and I'm going to say it once, unfuckwithable. I love that. And if that makes the arm, the arm hair stand up for you because it's like, ooh, I want some of that. Mm. That is what I teach women. It's how do you get so clear and so grounded in who you are and what you want that nothing anyone says or does disrupts your sense of peace. And that was a perfect example you gave with your grandmother. It's like, you know what? I know where I am is where I want to be right now. You can have your opinions and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to convince you otherwise. I don't have to challenge you. I don't have to justify myself. It just is what it is. And really, that is the essence. Those three pieces are the essence of this unconventional life. My group is called Champagne on Tuesday. <laughs> and really, what that came out of my own coaching experience in that I was taught that you save the good things for special occasions. You save the outfits, you save the china, you save the champagne for when there's a celebration. And you said it yourself, life is short. What if you don't get to that celebration and you've got a beautiful bottle of champagne or whatever your metaphorical champagne is sitting on the counter? Wouldn't it have been wonderful to have enjoyed it while you had the time? to savor it, to really celebrate it versus laying it away for maybe a special occasion down the road. Yeah. That's the whole shift. 
that was one of the things that attracted me right away to getting onto this podcast with you. When I read Champagne Tuesday, I was like, ooh, that sounds <laughs> yes, right up my street. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember our initial conversation because I thought, ooh, they come together on Tuesdays and drink champagne. Yes. How can I join? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the joy that it brings, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, can I have champagne on Tuesday? Is this allowed? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but tell us a little bit more about what you are actually doing, how you come together as a group, what support these women in particular are seeking, and then how you help them in particular. Absolutely. The women that I have in that group, as well as the Find Your Way program, are all looking for themselves. And it sounds so strange to say that, but women have lost themselves in this chaos of society's expectations, of family expectations, of pressures, roles, responsibilities, and we have completely erased and abandoned who we are. And what I do and what I teach is a homecoming. Yeah. So I, I would say it's not a program. It is a homecoming teaching you how to return home into yourself so that when you come back into the world, you are coming back changed. You are coming back a better version. You are coming back amplified as your most, most honest, true, genuine expression of who you are. No masks, no hiding, no playing small, just fully expressed. And I think that is the greatest gift we as women can give ourselves, give our children, show our mothers and our grandmothers and show our friends that it is possible and it's necessary. Mm. It is so necessary. It is. It is. Yeah. So what do you see in those women when they coming home? Oh, <laughs> it is a gift to be able to witness the women who have that awakening that they have the power, they have the control, they have the choices and the options to make their lives what they want them to be. Mm -hmm. The way their eyes light up, the way they speak light into their experiences, the way they've forgiven themselves for getting to this point in their lives and knowing that they are a product of their environments. Yeah. And the healing that takes place as a result of that is the most beautiful thing that I have experienced to see them come back into the world after this hero's journey of sorts of the death and rebirth and the reemergence into the normal world as a new woman, as I said, the most authentic version of themselves. It's again, radical self-acceptance, self-love. It's beautiful. It definitely is. And that's the moment when you can take charge Yes. And do whatever you want to do with your life, right? Yes. And just go for it with this liberation you feel inside. I'm, I'm completely feeling myself into this, yeah. this position right now. It's, mm. it's liberating. It's, it feels so at ease as well. You feel so much lighter. Mm -hmm. um, and suddenly you attract so many people around you because you just have such a positive aura. You are yes. a person that shines from within. It's unbelievable what happens around you. Yeah. And you say shine from within. And, you know, I don't know if COVID has done this to us or what has happened, but the 
literal masks that have come off, the women that have taken off the eyelashes, the makeup, the extensions, they've let their hair go natural, the literal removal of masks of covering up and the, the knowledge that your light is inside of you. It is not what you put on you. It is inside of you. And when that beams out, that energy that you emit, that is what brings the people who are part of your tribe. That is what attracts the people that you want in your orbit. Yeah. That is what you want in your life. Not the, not the rest of it. The rest of it is just show, right? But knowing who you are on the inside and letting that out, boy. It is, it is absolutely beautiful. So we are, we are both from an organizational background, right? You work for the government. I worked in big corporates beforehand. And I still work with quite a few organizations. Mm. And the one challenge I frequently get, not as much anymore as I used to, is, well, this sounds all a bit hippie. Ah, oh, yes, the woo-woo, right? <laughs> And then once they agree to step into this experiment, mm-hmm. they actually see the power it has got or, or it, the power it has for their leadership roles and how mm-hmm. it's exactly being translated into their roles there, into their influence, into their impact on others and their ease as a leader as well. And they discover this inner leader yes. they have. And I know this is something you have as well, an inner leader. Yes. <laughs> You can go for a name. <laughs> so, so do tell us about your inner leader and why it is so important to really connect with this leader yeah. inside of you. So my inner leader, for those of you who have seen Disney's Moana, my inner leader is Moana. And if you can recall from that film, without any spoilers, Moana is <laughs> a fierce believer of truth, of listening to her intuition, of following her deep inner knowing of understanding that her purpose is greater than the purpose that has been assigned to her. And the courage and determination and fierce, just her fierceness to be on her path, on her mission and silencing the doubters and the naysayers around her. That is fuel for my fire. Mm -hmm. And so for me, her essence is what I believe I have already, but she amplifies that. So she, I think an inner leader's role for anyone who has one or has discovered theirs is to amplify who you are at your best. It is the full expression of your strengths, of your gifts, of your talents at the next level. And so for me, when in doubt, when in, in fear, when in discouragement, Moana steps in and takes the helm. And that, like, I get goosebumps even just thinking (laughs) of her, right? Like, it's funny because metaphorically, she returns the heart of Tefiti, which is this earth goddess. But how many women have, have lost that heart and have become Taka, the lava monster? How many of us have lost our essence, lost our way, lost that softness in us and have just become these versions of ourselves that don't feel right? Mm-hmm. I feel like my role too is like to replace that heart for these women to say, this is your home. This is who you are. You know who you are and to return back to that so that your gifts can be shared. Like there are so many metaphorical connections I make there that give me purpose and drive. 
And for those in corporate or, you know, organizations that may feel like, wait a second, this is okay. You want me to go find a Disney leader, tell my boss that this is my inner leader and put on a straight face. You know, this is emotional intelligence. This is finding who you are at your best. This is accessing deep inner knowing and intuition. And this is being able to show up for yourself and your team, the people you lead, the organization and following through on a vision. This is all rolled up into this alter ego of an inner leader yeah. where we feel doubt, where we feel uncertain, where we feel fear to be able to step in the essence of someone that embodies these characteristics that you're looking for. It gives us a whole new level of access to our abilities. Yes, ma'am. Breathe. <laughs> what, whatever your Moana is to all the listeners out there, think about who's your inner leader. How would you describe her or him? Yes. What are the characteristics, right? What do they dare to do and to say that you may not yet dare to say and to do? All of these things, they just bring up some really fantastic self-reflection questions. And then you can, you know, build your inner leader up step by step. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Lovely. Look, Susan, we could talk literally forever here, I, right? I but we have already come to the end of today's show, but it has been so amazing, so encouraging, so passionate, so full of energy. I feel like I'm, I'm ready for something different now and it's <laughs> approaching the evening here in the UK. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving me the space and thank you to your listeners. And really, when we believe, when we truly believe we are worthy, when we believe we are deserving, we are limitless. The potential is absolutely limitless. Absolutely. What a beautiful final word to say. But I want to know something else from you. And that is where can people find you and find out more about you and all the fantastic work that you are doing? Absolutely. You can find me on my webpage, but really the magic happens on Facebook. The magic, the inspiration happens on Facebook. You can look up my personal, like Susan Crawford, my personal profile, or you can look for the group champagne on Tuesday. That is where I put my heart and soul. That is where my tribe is. I mean, come on, this title speaks for itself. Um, <laughs> join champagne on Tuesday. That's a no prainer here. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic we are also going to publish obviously all the social media links in the show notes so you have access there as well and get in touch with susan take a bite of her energy and start enjoying yourself a little bit more step into your inner leader start making those maybe now difficult changes and transitions that you have been procrastinating on think about okay who can support you along the way maybe it's the champagne tuesday group who knows um, you know what uh, to add to that if people want a free discovery call there's a free 30 minute discovery call i like to call them wake up calls if your listeners are interested they can be booked online i would love to help you step into your purpose here we go what more can you get from today's show <laughs> Thank you all for listening to our uh, hopefully very engaging conversation with a lot of giggle and banter and fun as it should be. Uh, you all have a fantastic week and I speak to you again next time. Take good care of yourself. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Legendary Leaders Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the show, either on iTunes, Spotify, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com, so that you can hear more about our next episodes. I would also love to hear from you. To discover what topics you'd like to listen to on this podcast, please head over to kathleenmerkel.com forward slash podcast and let me know. You can also find me on Facebook in the Legendary Leaders Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to connecting with you again on our next episode of the Legendary Leaders Podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye.